Welcome to episode number 58 on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast features interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs, interesting people who tell their stories and the life lessons they've learned along the way. My goal is to inspire you to live a life of meaning and purpose. Hi, my name's Conrad Weaver. I'm a documentary filmmaker, storyteller, entrepreneur, and the host of this show, the My Story Podcast. And I'm so glad you've stopped by to listen to the program today. Today on the show, I'll be talking with Evan Carmichael. Evan is a motivational and leadership speaker who has been listed as one of Forbes' top 40 social marketers. He has more than 240,000 followers on his verified Instagram account and more than 3 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. Multi-billionaire businessman Grant Cardone said, if you're listening to Evan, that means you're into success. And if you're a friend of Evan's, you're a friend of mine. Evan has written four books, including his latest, Built to Serve, and he breathes and bleeds entrepreneurship. He's obsessed, aiming to help one billion entrepreneurs change the world. He has two world records. He uses a stand-up desk with a trampoline, rides a Vespa, raises funds for Kiva, wears five-toed shoes, and created entrepreneur trading cards. He speaks globally, but Toronto, Canada is his home. He loves being married. He loves his son, salsa dancing, DJing, League of Legends, and the Toronto Blue Jays. And I won't hold that against you, Evan. And today, he will tell us his story right here on the My Story Podcast. Hey, if you enjoy this show and get something out of it, please do a couple of things for me. First, subscribe and then leave a review. This really helps me know who's listening and that you enjoy what you hear. And you'll help more people discover this show and perhaps they'll discover their purpose through the stories they hear. Thanks for being a part of this community of listeners. I'm so grateful for your faithful support. And now here's my interview with Evan Carmichael. Welcome, Evan Carmichael, to the My Story Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Conrad. Good to be here, man. So, Evan, tell me in a nutshell, who are you and what do you do? Wow. People know me as probably a YouTuber or author or entrepreneur. I am on a mission to solve the world's biggest problem, which I believe to be people don't believe in themselves enough, and I'm never going to solve it, and I wake up every day trying to do it. Wow, that is a huge mission. So so tell me, how did you get to where you are today, building a brand and a YouTube channel of about 3 million followers? I mean, that's amazing. Uh, it's like 12 years in the making. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no overnight successes, yeah, definitely, right? <laughs> definitely not, Conrad, definitely not. Um, I struggled a lot at the beginning, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm super shy. I don't, I don't talk to people. Usually, <laughs> uh, so I really struggled. You know, I don't talk to the person at the airplane next in the seat next to me. I hate networking events, and I always thought that there's no way I'm going to be able to to win or to be able to to do this. But then I also realized, no, I I also want to have an impact. Just because I'm introverted doesn't mean that I can't have a message and I can't get it out there. And I still want to serve. And so it took me a long time, even just to get comfortable in front of the camera. So. Something like the first five years of my channel, I had 
7,000 or 9,000 subscribers, something like that, after five years of doing content, right? Most people would quit and give up. Hmm. And then the next five years, I went to almost 2 million. Um, and now we're here sitting at, at three. Uh, so it was why, like, why keep going? Why keep doing it? Why, why keep showing up? You know, I've done over 10,000 videos now, which is wow. crazy. Um, I think the key is, has always been one connecting to why I'm doing it. Hmm. I want to help. I want to serve if every video I make, every interview I do touches one more person. Um, that's mission accomplished. You know, where does that, where does that drive come from? I mean, you, here you are this introvert who's now on this huge YouTube channel and you're, you're seeing everywhere you're hanging out with Tony Robbins. You're doing all these crazy, amazing things. You've written books. Where does that drive come from? Is that something that came from your family line or, or where does that come from? I think your purpose comes from your pain. Hmm. So when people ask, well, how do I find my purpose? It's probably the number one question I get asked. How do I find my passion? How do I find my purpose? I think your purpose comes from your pain. I think whatever you struggled the most with as a human is the thing that you want to help other people through. So that, that negative thing that happened isn't something that you have to keep reliving over and over again or try to forget, but that, no, there's lots of people who currently are who you used to be. And they need your help and they need your guidance and they need your wisdom. And and that's why I love the theme of this show is they need to hear your story. They're like, right. your story could inspire somebody to make a shift in their life because they feel like it's not possible to get out. Um, so I struggled so much as an entrepreneur in my first business, being 19 years old and making $300 a month and turning down the high paying jobs that all my friends went up and mm -hmm. took. And I was too embarrassed and ashamed to tell them that I wasn't succeeding mm -hmm. um i couldn't afford you know pizza and beer to go out and i said i'm i'm, I'm hustling you know i'm living the dream uh, you know i was just embarrassed i was too ashamed and um made it harder on myself and i just got to the point where i had no self-worth because i felt like everything i was doing just wasn't working it wasn't for lack of effort i was waking mm -hmm. up every day working until you know into the night and doing it again the next day and just nothing was happening. And uh, it really took its toll on my self-worth, my self-confidence. I felt like I needed to do something that I felt like I mattered again somehow, mm -hmm. anything, anywhere. Um, and I actually quit on my business partner. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next day I woke up and said, I can't quit yet. Uh, I'm gonna regret this if I quit now. And I went back and, I, mm -hmm. and we eventually, there's a success story come out of it, but <laughs> didn't feel like a success story at the start for sure. And so I recognize there's so many people who currently are like that right now, and I'm I'm making content for them um, because I'm trying to touch all of the people who who are struggling with that themselves. Mm -hmm. What would you consider your biggest failure? Was that that early moment where you quit, or is there are there other things there? And and how did you recover from that failure? Yeah. I don't probably quitting wasn't probably my biggest failure. I'm actually pretty proud that I got up the next day and went back. You know, mm, it's like that that sure. could have been. I think if I never went back to it, I probably I, I so I'm 41 now. I was 20 then. Um I would tell myself, I told myself, when I'm an old man at 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny yeah. how that changes, right? <laughs> right? Like when life is over, <laughs> I'm gonna regret that I didn't I didn't take this shot. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really happy with myself that I found the courage to go off and actually go back to doing mm -hmm. it. Um, my biggest failure probably was I lost a $40 million deal when I was mm -hmm. 20, 
21, 22. Um, from being, I was just being a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I was being too perfect. I I was too slow to get something out. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had a chance to be acquired by a company and they ended up picking our biggest competitor. And the biggest feedback was, hey, we love you, but we've already been talking to these guys for the past mm. three to six months, so we're going to go with them. And But we love you, but we're going to go with them. That had to sting. Yeah, $40 million later, <laughs> like they bought that company for $40 million. Now, would we have gotten a deal if we were there three to six months early? Mm-hmm. It's not It's not guaranteed. Like maybe, sure. maybe not. But 50% chance at $40 million, you know, like I'll, I'll take that. And so when you have a failure like that, how do you reset? I mean, what... I mean, do you go into a, a drinking binge or what, what, how do you reset from that? Um, forward, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. let's f- next find someone else. I, I took it as I need to stop. That's a big wake up call. I need to stop being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to go and create more momentum. It actually validated our idea mm-hmm. that this thing that I was thinking about and creating in my business partner's dining room mm-hmm. table, you know, that we actually had something that somebody would be willing to to potentially buy, we were just too late. And so I didn't take it as, oh my God, I suck. I'm a terrible human and it's never gonna work. I took it as, okay, this could have worked if I was just sooner. So mm-hmm. I need to stop over perfecting everything. And I still have a lot of perfectionist tendencies. And so I try to, every time I catch it, it's a, it's a, it's a nice stark reminder to say, okay, go, make, create, release, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember I did a, I did a, a show, um, a month ago, so I was interviewing somebody. Uh, they were interviewing me for their show, and I realized that I showed up with 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 just my undershirt on. <laughs> I've done I don't know how many interviews. I have never done that in my life. And so the camera comes on, like, oh my god, I forgot to put on my my shirt today. Great, and great film. Let's go. Let's keep it going, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be constantly. St- I like I like forcing myself into those situations where I'm not always trying to be perfect. We're trying to improve. We're 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 aiming for perfection, but it's a constant pursuit that you're never going to hit, and mm-hmm. not letting that get in the way of releasing your art, whether that's mm-hmm. a podcast, whether that's a YouTube channel, whether that's actual art, you know, like a painting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Where did that? Where does the process go from? From that mindset of, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm shy. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to speak to people to having a huge YouTube channel, one of the biggest, you know, business related YouTube channels. And where's that mindset shift and, and how did that happen? The two things that really help is a great question. You, you've done this a couple of times, Kanye. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Two things that I do. One is I do difficult things. I've had to just switch the the gear in my head that if if i i have three trigger words scary difficult or hard if the reason that i'm not doing the thing is because it's scary difficult or hard then i have to do it Hmm. just because i said that as a reason even if it doesn't serve my long-term mission Mm -hmm. just because i said that word one of those three words i have to go off and do it because i want to be the person who does scary difficult or hard and I'm, i'm tired of letting that be the reason for inaction so that's one, but that's more the push of like, you have to do this because you said it was scary. Mm. The second one is service. And and this is a big driver for me and it probably comes from my mom. She's on the wall behind me here in, in my studio um, that you are built to serve, that you want to have an impact and that you need to, uh, me, I'm, this is my voice to myself, Evan, you have to stop being selfish and you have to get your message out because your story 
could impact somebody's life. I used to hate telling my story because it, it felt so egotistical. Like, I don't, why do you know, why do you want to learn about me? I'm, I'm a nobody. Uh, I'm, I'm sharing stories of Oprah and all these people like, well, who cares about Evan Carmichael? And it wasn't until I realized, oh, people can relate to your story and that sharing your story is actually selfless, is actually service, is actually helping. Mm -hmm. And so before I get on a show or before, you know, if I'm if I'm on somebody's stage and, and I'm about to go live and there's 2000 people in the audience, I'm a nervous wreck before mm -hmm. it. Um, I'll often almost always now peek behind the curtain and just find some people and say, I'm here. I'm here for her. I'm here for him. Mm -hmm. Like this is who I'm I'm here to help. And if I don't go up and and show up on stage, I'm doing a disservice to everybody here. Mm -hmm. So I have to go. And so that's more the hug. So that I do difficult things as the push and the mm -hmm. and I'm here to serve as the hug. And and I, I play in both of those arenas. Sometimes mm -hmm. I need more push than hug, and mm -hmm. sometimes I need more hush than hug than push. But it's always those two reasons. Because otherwise, just left to my own devices, I'll I'll just be I'm here in my home studio. This is like COVID is great. I don't have to go out and meet anybody. It's fantastic. No problem. Right. Lockdown. No problem for me. This is great. Um, but that ultimately doesn't serve my mission. So I have to remind myself of that consistently. So who's your biggest inspiration? On a human level, my parents, um, they're, they're both on the wall behind me and the audio listeners, I guess, can't see, but I got this mm -hmm. giant canvas on the wall behind me. And I'm I'm eight or nine years old in the picture, and my parents are above me, and and they would always tell me, "You are Evan Castrilli Carmichael. You can do anything you believe that you can." Mm. Uh, when I didn't do well in school, when I didn't, you know, when I messed up, when I got in the fight, or wh whatever, you know, stupid things you do as a kid, they would they would punish me, but it wouldn't mm. be it wouldn't be like, "Why are you doing this? Why do you why are you such a bad kid? Why?" It, it wasn't any placement of guilt. It was more you you can do better. You are Evan Castrilli Carmichael. You do anything you believe that you can. And that was a constant reminder in my, in my head. And, um, they're still my greatest role models that they're still alive. Thankfully, both of them, which is amazing. They still live in the same city as me, which is awesome. Um, so is it just on a human level, they were my greatest and still are mm -hmm. my greatest role models. Um, they're not entrepreneurs though. So from a business mm -hmm. perspective, they're not the people to go to. Um, AP Janini is my favorite entrepreneur of all time. And he's on the wall as well, kind of mm -hmm. next to them. And where did you learn the business side of things then? Um, a lot of trial and error, a lot of being encouraged by my parents. So I remember when I was, I always had a fascination with the stock market and making money as a young kid, garage sales and, and baseball cards and all that kind of stuff. And I remember asking my parents, what, what stock should I buy? Because we had this stock competition in high school. Mm. And he said, oh, buy the banks. Like, okay. And so I bought the <laughs> banks. But it's like, it's not really a sophisticated strategy, right? Um, I picked up a knack for for baseball cards. And in 92, 93, the Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays, my hometown mm -hmm. team, won the World Series. So it was this giant thing for us, you know, on top of the sure. world. And I was 12 and 13. So it's... Who'd they play that year? I'm trying to remember. I remember that series, but I forget who they played. Uh, uh, Philadelphia and I think Atlanta. Yeah, I think the, I think it was the Braves. Yeah, Phillies and the Braves, I yeah. think, were the two um, that we went up against. You're testing my memory. Is, we're, going, <laughs> we're going old school here. 92, 93. But I, I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, mm -hmm. kind of impressionable, trying to figure out, you know, what I'm doing next. And I got into baseball cards. And my parents really, they saw that in me and they, they, they watered that seed, even though they didn't know anything about baseball cards or trading or anything. I remember almost every weekend they would drive me 
two to three hours outside of the city to this giant flea market where they had a big baseball card mm. section. And I would go and trade my baseball cards with, mm. with people who are 40 and 50 years old. Mm. And, and that's where I got my entrepreneurship negotiation. <laughs> I remember this one guy was, I'm 12, right? Mm. This guy's 40 something. He's an old man over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in Canada, our, our coins are, uh, our dollar is a coin. It's not a bill. Right. Yep. Um, so I said, okay, I'll give you a dollar for that card. But, but it had like gum on it. Hmm. Like the whole back cover is covered. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll clean the gum off of that dollar for sure. That's no problem. Next. And so I started to learn. I mean, I do, I wouldn't have called it entrepreneurship or business mm -hmm. or anything. It was just fun. But mm -hmm. my parents saw the hobby in me and, and tried to, even though they had no interest in it themselves, had that, um, I guess, desire to help me flower from it. Hmm. So you know, today you have this you know, big, you know, presence on YouTube, you have, you know, millions of people, you know, watching your videos. I'm sure you have a ton of people who are, you know, begging for your time, people like me. And so how do you structure your day? How do you structure your life so you can accomplish what you want to accomplish? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm a big believer that your actions have to map to your ambitions. So you have goals, you have dreams, you, you want to, you know, change the world. Awesome. It's got to be in your calendar. Hmm. Show it, show it to me in your calendar. Cause, cause someday is not a day of the week, right? Someday I'm going to do it. Great. Hmm. If it's not in your calendar, it's not happening. Hmm. So I, I live by my calendar. What I love doing is having different days for different things. So we're doing this on a Thursday. I don't know when mm -hmm. it's going to be released, but Thursday is my public facing day. So Thursday mm -hmm. is my extrovert day. Thursday, I'm, it's all day interviews and podcasts and presentations. And the energy that you're getting here is a result of the accumulation of energy that mm -hmm. I started with today. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm taking your energy into the next thing that I'm doing mm -hmm. right afterwards. And so there's five minute breaks in between and then next person, next person. And so all I have to worry about is, is spreading the message. Mm -hmm. Um, Fridays are my CEO days, Mondays are my mentoring days, Tuesdays are my YouTube days, Wednesdays are my project days, and then the whole cycle repeats. And so, you know, I look at my calendar and say, this is, if I did these things, will I move closer to accomplishing my goals? And mm -hmm. yes, great, keep going. Uh, and if no, then you make some tweaks. But mm -hmm. I like having full days as much as possible. People listening, watching may not be able to be in complete control over their schedule, but to whatever degree you can control it, I think the more you have chunks of time, the better, you know, when I'm writing the, my book, um, I've written two published books and two self-published books. I need the whole day. Like it's so mm -hmm. hard to, if you mm -hmm. have half an hour in the morning to write a book, at least for me, it takes me 40 minutes just to get back into my headspace from the last time mm -hmm. I was writing. So you're not like Donald Miller from StoryBrand who gets up every morning at seven and for the first hour and a half of his day, that's what he does. He goes to his writing shed and he writes. Yeah, everybody's got their own style. Right. Um, sure. at, at least it's ninety minutes, uh, and maybe he's maybe the fact that it's daily helps. Um, I love getting into the zone and then staying in the zone. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. where people fall off productivity a lot. Like if you've ever got the end of a week on a Friday and you felt like, man, I worked like crazy, but I got nothing done. You feel like mm -hmm. I didn't make any progress, but yeah. I was so busy working. A lot of it is just switching between different mm -hmm. energy zones mm -hmm. from going from introvert writing your book analytical thinking to then doing a podcast to then making a video to then taking a call like if you're bouncing a lot between energy zones too much it's harder to get into the flow of the next thing and so mm -hmm. 
I try to stay in that zone as much as possible. Maybe that's just a weird duck, Evan Carmichael, your crazy strategy. Um, I think that's part of the experimentation. Like for me, having entire days dedicated to things, mm-hmm. people look at my Thursday calendar and they, they say, that's crazy. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> but this, this doesn't drain me. Like talking to you, Conrad, gives me more energy for the next thing, mm. sure. which sounds weird as an introvert to say, but this doesn't feel like you're taking away. I feel like you're filling me up that fuels me for the rest of the day as well. So maybe that's a weird Evan Carmichael thing, or maybe that is a strategy that people can apply, mm-hmm. but test. The answer is a test. Sure. If, if it's an hour and a half every morning writing, awesome. If it's an entire day, um, awesome, right? You mm-hmm. test, you hack, and hopefully you find the, the productivity secrets that work for you. And why do some people succeed and other people just seem to flounder and you know just don't quite get there? I think, um, at least in terms of entrepreneurship, I think one, um, people pick the wrong business to start with. I think too Mm. many people pick a business because they think it's going to make them rich, but they don't Mm. actually care too much Mm. about it. If you're going to get into podcasting, because podcasting is the hot thing to do, but you don't actually like talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) You have a problem. (laughs) You kind of have a big, big problem, but that's how a lot of people approach things. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to go invest in Bitcoin or I'm going to go X, Y, Z, but you don't actually care about the thing. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of trying to chase the the money. You lose because it's, it's so much work. And when you're going, think about your competition, you're going up against people who actually love the thing. Mm. It's really hard to beat somebody who loves it who's doing it because it they shows, love it. And it shows uh, in companies that where people love to think, it shows. And when you go to a store and you have someone that, you know, they're just there getting a paycheck, it shows. Uh, let's use you as an example. You've already asked me four or five questions that I don't typically get asked in other shows. Because hmm. you you deeply care about having a great conversation with your guest. Mm-hmm. and. We don't really know each other, right? I mean, right. we met in the clubhouse room and here we are. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of context in what we're doing. But you did some research and, and you're, you're, you genuinely care about your guests and pulling out a story that's going to impact the audience. Mm-hmm. And that level of care shows. And mm-hmm. if you keep doing it, you'll, you'll win versus somebody who just says, okay, podcast, here's my strategy. Let me go look up the 18 question Tim Ferriss asks mm-hmm. everybody. And those are my questions. That person's not going to win long term, even though it's a great mm-hmm. strategy to be on podcasting. So I think a good number of people quit um, and end up not winning because they just never actually cared about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be something. I've, I've studied so many successful people, probably more than most people. Mm-hmm. And the number one rule they have is that they love the thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. They love the process of it, that it doesn't feel like work to them, mm-hmm. where if somebody stepped into your schedule, it should feel like torture. Um mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld called it the torture you can endure, which I like. So stepping into my Thursday, it would be crazy for somebody, but I love mm-hmm. it. And somebody stepping into Conrad's shoes to say, well, you do that much research. You're going to really care that much about the guest. It's like, yeah, it's like that's too much work. I don't want to do that. Like, no, but this is fun. Like this is, this is how I make a great interview. It's energizing. Yeah. And so most people just get into the wrong thing because they're, because mm-hmm. they just see dollar signs and, and so they end up losing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other part of it is people don't figure out the holes in their plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I stumbled into it, right? And like, it took me five years to get to still under five figures in subscribers, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's not success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, just sticking with it because I loved it really helped. 
Um, I always focus on who I had instead of who I didn't have. I think people quit because, oh, I only had 20 downloads of my show. Like, but those are 20 people who maybe you impacted. Like maybe that was a life-changing conversation that then they go off and make a huge change in their life because of it. Um, so I would always focus on who I did have instead of who I was missing and felt like I was less than. Um, but I could have made those first five years a lot better if I asked for help. Hmm. Uh, didn't feel like I had to figure it all out on myself. Wasn't so embarrassed and ashamed of saying that I was struggling. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, I just, I think people will do that. We'll, we'll post on Instagram about all how great everything is right. and then go cry in the bathtub. <laughs> so a question that I have for, for most of my guests is so when the story and when a movie about your life is made, Every movie, they write a log line. That log line is that sentence that describes the movie. When the movie about Evan Carmichael is made, what will the log line be? I'm going to hire you to help me figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're the my story expert. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not great at that stuff. I, but so, I, what's I, your I, purpose? What, what's your purpose? Well, my purpose is to is from my pain. I want to solve the world's biggest problem. People don't believe in themselves enough. I'm. I'm hoping that in every interview every piece of content i make it shifts somebody's belief a little bit forward i'm hoping that somebody listening to this may think i'm an introvert too and maybe now i can win as well because mm -hmm. i think we see all the people on screen and think oh i have to be like kevin o'leary or like donald trump or like whoever to have a show you have to be this outrageous kind of bigger than than everybody mm -hmm. else mentality where well, here's, here's somebody who's winning, who's introverted, shy, and wants to serve, right? Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. might inspire somebody to take one extra step. And speaking of serve, isn't your last book called Built to Serve? It's called Built to Serve. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe people are built to serve. So why did you write that? When or why? No, the why? Why? Because I was doing a tour across the U.S. We hit 23 cities in 90 days. And um, the number one question I kept getting asked is, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my mm -hmm. purpose? Like people are lost. And mm -hmm. this is not, it's not that difficult to find your purpose. I mean, I guess it's not taught in schools, but you don't have to go meditate on a mountain for 10 years mm -hmm. to figure this out. Your purpose comes from your pain. Mm -hmm. Whatever you struggled with is the thing you want to help other people through. And so I helped, I then decided to write the book because I kept answering the same question in every city and mm -hmm. thought, okay, well, let's hit more people. Let's be able to reach more people. Let's turn this into a book. Um, so that was the, the origin story for Built to Serve. And, and here's why it's so important. I mean, I'm on tour. I'm already behind on everything. Mm -hmm. I'm about a third of the way through my tour. So it's a 90-day tour. I'm behind on everything, right? I go with my wife and my camera guy and my wife wants to see stuff in every city, which mm -hmm. great, like we're going to travel. Mm -hmm. So already every four days is a write-off because we're touring. Mm -hmm. Now I've got to squish everything else into three days. One of the days is going to be me presenting. So I have to prepare for that and my speech mm -hmm. and everything. So now everything else has to be squished into two days. My regular work week is now squished into two days. And I decide to write a book. Like it makes no sense. My team is freaking out. Like you're still so behind on everything. Like, what about all these things that we're waiting on you on? Like I have to, this is what feels right. I have to mm -hmm. get this book out. And you're serving your, your community, right? That, and, and it's just like, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in trusting your intuition. Mm. Even, even this, like, how did this happen? Well, we were in a right. clubhouse room. There, there's lots of people who I know way more than you who want to do interviews, mm -hmm. who I'm, who are like pushed out or I said no to, but we're in a clubhouse room. And then you say, 
hey, can I can you can you do a show together? And I said, yes, if you film it, because I wanted you to make more YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And he said, deal. I was like, OK, great. <laughs> Here we go. And, and I told my assistant, like, let's like, let's not put Conrad in September sometime. Like, wh- how soon can we get this thing finagle my calendar to make that happen? Logically, that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but it just feels right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't judge. I don't judge it. I don't judge the mm-hmm. feelings like, hey, this as long as the feeling is, is a positive coming from a positive intention, it's not mm-hmm. you're not in like jealousy or rage or anger. Um, then I'm a big believer in just following that flow because great things very often happen. Yeah. Amen. What's the next big thing for you? Final question. Um, I don't know more, more of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you know where you're going to be in 10 years, you're thinking small, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people ask me, what's my 10 year goal? I don't know. Right? Like think of who you were 10 years ago. Would you have said 10 years ago, you're going to be hosting this podcast and doing all these mm-hmm. interviews with people you look up to like, probably not. You think so. Right. right. So what, what makes you think that you know where you're going to be in 10 mm-hmm. years, right? Um, 10 years, they'll be 51. I don't know. What am I going to do at 51? Yes, I have no here, idea. I'll be 66. That's crazy. <laughs> I thought 40 was an old man and, I, and I'm over the hill and I'm dead, you're right? 56. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a big believer in missions. Like, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the problem mm-hmm. I'm trying to solve. Uh, and that's for life. You know, I'll be, I'll be 130 in an old age home and still mm-hmm. trying to, trying to serve as, to whatever capabilities I have at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm not so, I'm not so tied to the how, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not so tied mm-hmm. to the how maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's books. Maybe I start a podcast. Maybe it's, I do virtual reality. Maybe I, whatever, whatever feels right. As long as it's in service of the mission. Mm-hmm. Well, Evan, you're an inspiration to me. And I know you're an inspiration to many people who follow you and who, who subscribe to your channel. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for serving the greater good in the world and for making a difference. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Conrad. Appreciate you, man. Evan, thank you for sharing your story. And thanks for all you do for entrepreneurs around the world. And thank you for listening to the show today. And if you enjoy what you hear, please leave a review and a rating. This lets me know what you like and how I can improve the show. And please share this episode with a friend or a colleague. The music on today's show is from my friend, Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music on iTunes or Spotify or at drewdavidson.com. And I believe he's got some new stuff coming down the pike. So check it out. Finally, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time on the My Story Podcast.